I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Our review of round 21 and preview of round 22, the final round of the spring fantasy season. This episode is brought to you by Mile High Talent Agents, advancing your career physically, if not professionally. New locations now open in Dallas. Oh, uh, wait, no, no. Um, uh, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Denton. And since Blaine is off on vacation this week, lucky dog, uh, we'd like to welcome our special co-host emeritus i guess i don't know we can call you that uh stats <laughs> nerd and youth soccer coach extraordinaire uh andrew crawlard unfortunately we were also going to have our very special patreon guest matt gobbin with us tonight um aka ousted with a sod with a sod of Ariolas. a uh, pretty good name for his team uh, but he could not be here with us uh, because of work so we'll be welcoming him later again in august but how are you guys doing tonight Doing well, doing well. Drop off. Oh, wait. <laughs> I've been I've been coaching all weekend, so uh, I'm I gotta switch my gears here. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Get back to uh, talking about MLS and uh, what was it? Middle school is that right, or that age group? Uh, even younger than that. I've got yeah. like eight year olds, nine year olds, ten year olds, eleven year olds. That range. And they all have backpacks. No more duffel bags. <laughs> That's right. Backpacks are the cool thing these days. <laughs> That's back some of our Twitter chat right there. Uh, well, guys, let's uh, enough about duffel bags and and the identifiers of non-hip people everywhere. Uh, let's talk about duffel bags and fanny packs. Um, round twenty-one in review. Pretty interesting start. Um, I particularly like the way this round finished. Uh, but let's talk about how your scores ended. Uh, Andrew, it's been a while, so let you go first. Uh, yeah, I did okay. Um, not. Not enough to make up the ground that I needed to make up, so I'm pretty much done for this first season. Um, not going to get that Sounders prize. But, you know, I, I had some couple good hits. I had uh, my captain right, so can't complain too much. Mike? Uh, I got 156. Um, pretty much hit, I think, everything decently. Um I mean, when when one of your disappointments is Almiron with seven points, you can't you can't be too mad. Um, I mean, my main lucky lucking out was I had Bunbury, and on the bench, and the only New England player I had in my starting eleven was Fagundes, who hit. So, uh, yeah, no real no real complaints here. Um, I captained Quintero as well, so at the forty six points. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the big miss is I didn't have Ramirez on my team, which I guess I should have known he was going to get. What do you have? Three goals by the end of the of the week? That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I thought Minnesota would do okay at home. I just wasn't expecting them to drop a five or drop a nickel on uh, LAFC. And they had some absences though. Yeah, I mean, well, 
I mean, LAFC went hard on the Open Cup, which is what we weren't really sure of when the double game week uh, started. Uh, I mean, it was good to see LAFC go hard and, you know, put everyone, you know, put as many internationals on the field as they possibly can and get away Plus with one. it. I, I love it, you know, <laughs> push the boundaries. But um, what, what I like the most about that with Open Cup is that Portland dropped their their complaint, but not because they lost. They they were correct. They did have too many international players, but it was just like, well, you didn't mean to. We understand. So <laughs> kudos to Portland for, for kind of being in sportsmanship. Like Because, I mean, I, I can see where the confusion came from, but they were right. They, they were in violation of the roster rules. And so I kind of wonder if just to sort of preserve the game that it should have been like, no, sorry wrong yeah see I, but i think what probably happened is that u.s soccer is the one who screwed up because i think lafc asked them like hey does this count in u.s open cup and someone told them yes when the answer should have been no so i'm you know as a cynical lawyer i'm really wondering what the settlement with portland was for this and i, I wonder if portland's going to get a bunch of home open cup games in the future oh, maybe. No, I, I heard it's a brand new way of allocation money the u.s open cup allocation money so hey. five new international slots open up next year all of them go to portland that's that's where it is i even wonder if they just straight up messed up in general because everything i've gone back and looked at is K is not listed as a homegrown player anywhere. Not not on the website, not on any rosters. And and I feel like when you when you sign a homegrown player, it get, like a big deal gets made. Like I feel like whenever someone gets signed, it's always like homegrown player, blah 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 blah, gets signed to this team. Like they always at least point it out if not a big deal is made. And nowhere is it ever specifically pointed out if he's a homegrown or not? And I think it really all comes down to for those international homegrown players, if their first professional contract is with their their local club. And he had he he was went from TFC Academy to a loan, and then he went to TF2, and then he went to Louisville. So I don't know if that loan counts as his first professional contract. And if that means his first professional contract did not go to the club or its academy, or if that contract was with the academy, then maybe it doesn't count. So I don't know. But the easiest solution would have been if he had had a green card. And he, clearly, I think he has not because that would have been solved in like five seconds. But yeah, that was crazy. That was fun. I'm, my real job is human resources, and I do immigration. So that was actually very fun for me. Um, but very much not fantasy soccer so let's move on yeah. um i mean the lesson is kids get your green card unless you're dominic baji then you might get traded while you're getting your green card <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> dude but those things are expensive man term residencies that's that's expensive stuff um before we go on though i'll uh my score then i have one more question for you guys i did pretty well uh 20 24 was my weak rank back into the top 192 overall um it's pretty wild some of the guys in the top 10 it's I'm separated by just 50 points. So, I mean, it's, it gets real tight when you get in this area, but I'm happy if I can stay in here one more round. Uh, 164 overall was my score. My defense did not hit, which I've kind of had trouble with most of the season. Uh, I had Calvo, so at 11 was well, but then uh, Mabiala didn't do much for Portland. Brought in Glad when I saw that Farrell only got five points, and I wish I had kept that because Farrell got five and Glad got three. 
Um, but then I got Ladero 17 off the bench, got Quintero, got Zardis, got Martinez. So um, a lot of good things came down. Shuttleworth off the bench for me came in at 10. I saw a lot of people asking questions about, hey, Shuttleworth got five, didn't get a clean sheet. What could I keep? Calvo got a five, didn't get a clean sheet. Should I swap him? Should I try to get somebody? And my general advice fantasy-wise for anyone listening right now for double game weeks if you get a defender or a goalkeeper that's got four or five points on a double game week and they're not they're not that great, I'd keep it. Because especially with a five, that's essentially a clean sheet in hand. And anything else that that player gets, he's probably going to get at least two more points for playing. So there's a seven right there coming off the bat. And that's what you're hoping for as a good week for a single game week player. So if I've got a double game week player with four or five points on the bench, I'm probably just going to let him ride and not worry about it because he'll probably do – decently compared to all the single game weight guys. Um, but it was a, a good round. Uh, lots of fun seeing these guys do production. You were right, Mike. Uh, Fagundes is really one of the, the few bright spots with New England. So um, rough week for them. My question to you guys before we move on, this was the penultimate round. We're coming into the last round for the spring season. What are your big takeaways? What have you learned about this new format? Uh, one or two just top takeaways. Uh, before we start the fall season next round, Andrew. Um, I think it's super important to try to go for building your budget for the first about five weeks. And then after that, just don't even worry about it. There were people who had like $150 million by the end, which is way more than you could even do anything useful with. Um, and they, they were concentrating on building their budget for too long into the season instead of going after points. Mike? Yeah, I mean, I have a hundred and yeah, I, I've ordered one fifty now. Sure. Um, and I mean, you know, in, in my team managing right now, I have nineteen point seven on the bench. Uh, I mean, I think I swapped it, you know, at a good time, but I, I definitely kind of just stalled out it around two hundred. Um, I mean, I think the main thing that I learned that I didn't know week one was the value of the keeperoo and the switcheroos. Um, you know, and. I, I guess we'll see next week how feasible that is with the budget, but that that's the bandwagon to get on is, is to try to pull that off and to try to maximize your points. Um, because I think it, I think it narrowed the margin for error. Cause I think you had a lot more similar scores cause you could take a lot more um, shots uh, and, and get whatever one worked out the best. Um, I mean, I, I think that's what the main difference with this format is. Um, you know, you pay attention to the budget prices, get that budget increased ASAP. And now that we kind of know how it works, it should be easier. You know, I mean, because how, how long is this next um, set of, it's like 12, 12 weeks uh, have in, should, the, in the fall? I believe it should be 13. It's going to go from 22, or no, sorry, it's going to be round 23 through the end of the season. So through 34, 35? Yeah. So, yeah. So 12 or 13. Um, yeah, I mean, probably spend the first three weeks, you know. I mean, like, really, like, this week, I mean, unless, like, you're in the top, your main goal of fantasy is just paying attention to who's doing well so you can make sure you get them on your team um, in the next week, you know, just to try to maximize your points and budget from, from week one. And we'll talk about some more of this next week in our in our show when we yeah. get into that. Once we actually see the player prices. Right, right, so – 
Good. All right, guys. Uh, thanks. Let's talk about our game takeaways. A uh, little little quick recap with this mini double game week before talking about the big double game week in round 22. Uh, Minnesota, boom, big winners coming in 2-1 beating New England Revolution and then 5-1 LAFC. Just crazy production from Minnesota there. I, I don't know if this is a sign of things to come because I think, as Mike and I and Andrew were already talking about, uh, LAFC was missing some people, went hard in with the Open Cup. Not always going to happen with Minnesota, but definitely some options there not to overlook, um, especially if the good uh, switcheroos present themselves in Minnesota. So keep an eye on them for some value players, especially at the beginning of round 23. Uh, New England, big flop for them. Uh, they, they've had some bright moments throughout the season, mm -hmm. scoring some goals, kind of losing some close games. This was just not their week. One goal overall. Um I think their best chance was the Minnesota game. Columbus, or sorry, uh, the Red Bulls at home, tough in general, so not really surprised to see that happen. But uh, big flop for New England going forward. Not a lot of viable options, I think, as a core fantasy team, even during the double game week like we saw. A uh, quick Rooney update. Um, we talked some about this before our show started tonight, getting to it more later. Uh, Rooney did play last week. He started Got one point and played for 66 minutes. So still a bit in flux there if you're considering Rooney for the upcoming double game week. Um, more on that later. But that's that's your Rooney update for, for round 21. Uh, I like I got to point out Seattle and the Red Bulls were the only teams to get clean sheets this round. little surprised, especially we'll let Andrew touch on this. Uh, were you surprised that Seattle got a clean sheet? I know there's been some struggles throughout this season. No, the defense have been solid all year long. It's the attack where we're struggling. Defense in Seattle, still a good bet for clean sheets at home. There we go. Straight from the horse's mouth. And uh, also, it's not hard to keep a clean sheet against Vancouver when Davies isn't there. <laughs> That's also very I mean, <laughs> You know, I, I don't disagree with what Andrew said about Seattle's defense, but, I mean, Vancouver without Davies is a joke. Uh, then the Red Bulls, even our new management – Still have a good solid defensive core there, so not surprised to see at least the Red Bulls getting a clean sheet. I thought a few other teams had a chance. Biggest disappointment for me with my glad switch was uh, RSL dropping some to Colorado during that game. That was not happy for me when I was doing my updates. Uh, a team that was happy, Toronto gets a win over Chicago. Ouch for Chicago uh, with that, so tough tough times there. Just want to point out that, that Toronto win. Maybe something can get started, but I don't I don't know. And then I have to point out Columbus versus Orlando as my last game because I know that uh, instant replay spent like five minutes, half their episode, showing all the craziness that happened. And, of course, I have to give Mike a chance to talk about Patrick Mullins, who uh, came out to make an impact in that, in that game. And he did make an impact, though most of it was against the ground. But uh, it helped him at PK. Did you agree I, with that one? Did I agree with the PK? Yeah. I think I, I thought it was a – I mean, I think it was a decent call. Looking at the replay again, it looks like R.J. Allen goes through him in the back because R.J. Allen is coming in late. Uh, we don't get a great angle of it, um, but it looks like he pushes him from the – like his left side of his back. So, um, I mean, another clutch performance for Patrick Mullins. Um, and then, you know, Will Trap finishes it off. It's a trap. Uh, sorry, I, I can't resist doing that. Oh, but, I know. It's letting you have your, your moment. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, Patrick Mullins did play well. I mean, not like amazingly well. Um, 
you know, fantasy wise, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of role uh, he has coming forward um, to last, the last weekend they played without Higuain um, who had back spasms as we'll get to. Um, I mean, they were getting a lot of open crosses and just couldn't get to the, um, the end of them. So it wasn't like an undeserved win overall for uh, Columbus, even though Orlando Twitter wants to say it's like the biggest screw job ever. But I, uh, I thought it was a little soft, um, but for for me, a lot of that goes. I don't. I'm not a. If he did dive, I'm not a guy who has a problem with that in general. Um, I think that's just part of being a defender is is being mindful of the positions you put yourself into, and uh, that was just one that R.J. Allen made himself open for that kind of a call, and I think it happened. And whatever Columbus capitalized. I don't think Mullins dived. I think there's a, like an embellishment. Clearly, there there's sure. embellishment. But I think, like for Mullins to have like dived like no contact, like the way like a lot of Orlando fans did, like is really weird. Like, I mean, I don't think I mean Patrick Mullins has like good spatial awareness, but I don't think he's that good at spatial awareness that he knew R.J. Allen was running from behind him towards his left part of the back, so that he knew exactly how to fall as if R.J. Allen pushed him in the left side of his back, which is where his hand was. I don't think Patrick Mullins is that skilled of a player. I mean, he's not like Neymar. <laughs> you know. So there are limits. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, plus, those plus, are... plus, he's a Jesuit high school guy. We guys, we don't lie. We, you know, Catholic school boys. You know, we're very honest, very trustworthy, independent. We never deceive people. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll I would get so one. much hate on Twitter. You will. You will. Yeah. So at much. him. At, at Mike that tiger. Um, those are some of the fantasy takeaways I took away from this round. Otherwise, pretty standard stuff. Martinez scoring all the goals and and uh, that what not. Anything else you guys, Andrew, Mike, want to add uh, before we move on? Okay, I'll take that as a no. Uh, there are two more topics we're going to touch on real quick, uh, just as a transition before we get into our housekeeping. A couple of transfer deals have been out that fantasy managers may want to keep and I on the first one we alluded to and are brought to you by at the top of the show. Uh, we have Acosta going to – not Acosta. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah, we have, yeah, uh, Kaelin, yeah Acosta. Kaelin Acosta going it's, up it's to – It's that unbelievable. <laughs> right. I know. It's, it's still – I'm like, no, that's not right. Uh, we have Kaelin Acosta going up to Colorado with money and sell-on profit and an international spot. I believe I covered everything there. In exchange, Dallas gets Baji. Oh, and they get a pick. Colorado also get, or uh, Dallas yeah. also gets Picks Colorado's and international first spots pick. and yeah. yeah. So seems like a pretty good deal for Dallas, though. Our good friend Phil wasn't too impressed with uh, this pick in general. How do you guys take that? Fantasy wise, is this any improvement for either team, Mike or Andrew? Either one. No, um, they're the same teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we were talking about Dallas before Mauro Diaz had left, I'd be tempted to say, like, it's a big deal because, you know, Baji can maybe finish, whereas Rudy and Coleman have Whoa, had problems Baji's finishing. Finish. Come on. <laughs> comparatively, comparatively. Okay. Um, you know, but, I mean, right now, now Dallas just has, like, three strikers. I guess they were medium to okay. Um and I mean, I don't know what Kellen Acosta is going to do in Colorado. It doesn't change. The only player we could say to pass to is Baji, and he's now gone. Um, 
So, I mean, maybe like keep an eye out on them, but I, I don't see this changing a whole lot um, unless there are other moves in the in the cards. You know, if, if Colorado brings in another striker, if Dallas brings in a real replacement for Diaz other than just trying to shove Lamont in there, then maybe you can see some real fantasy improvements. But as of right now, Colorado's still terrible. Dallas is still... Even though Dallas has been good, I fantasy wise, I just don't trust them. I, yeah, I just I struggle to see. I mean, long term wise, let's start that way. Uh, I can see how this is great for for Dallas, though they already had about seven players for ten international slots. Now they have eleven and seven players, so they weren't using everything that they had. So it's it's unclear maybe what they're going to do next season if they're already thinking that far ahead with how how they can replace. Diaz, but I mean, it just seems like they've got the best end of this deal long term. But I agree with you, Mike. Um, haven't seen that consistent production from Baji. He's fast; he can kind of go off on the break. But I don't know how much that's going to impact Dallas at this point in the season. And as far as Colorado goes, I don't know what they're getting out of this. It seems like they've just give, give, give. Maybe they're eyeing Austin. I don't know. Maybe that's what they want to do for their long term planning. <laughs> But uh, um, I don't know. It just it was, that was just kind of a weird trade in general when I saw that come through the, the Twitter wire. Uh, and the second one, real quick, let you start this one, Andrew. Um, there have been rumors of Merrim leaving Orlando right after he got there, uh, unhappy with some things going on there. I think uh, some racially motivated incidents is, is what I've been hearing, and he does, does, not, does not like that. Um, FC Cincinnati has been one of the teams that he's been linked with. Uh, a tweet earlier today, though, uh, has said that that may not happen. Um, so it's I think it was Portland, back to Columbus, FC Cincinnati, and maybe Chicago. So I can't think of the, maybe there were I can't think of the fourth team. Um, Vancouver, Vancouver in there. I can't remember. There's there I think there was a fourth team, but those those three FC Cincinnati, Portland, Columbus were were three of the teams on there. Um, this also just seems to to be an interesting option. Where would you like to see Merrim, Andrew? I want to see him back in Columbus. They need a winger to score some goals for them because it's all up to Zardes right now, and he can't do it all. He's not that proficient of a scorer. So if you bring Merrim back in there, oof, watch out. Columbus is going to be rocking. Yeah, and I and I think it wasn't that he left – Columbus with bad blood. It was it was the Austin atmosphere turmoil that made him leave because he didn't feel stable. So if that is not going to happen, then I could easily see how he would want to return back to that system. Yeah, and I mean clearly it's not working out in Orlando. Um, you know, I don't know what is going on, you know, if it's just the the, the racial things with the fans. Um, but it doesn't seem like he's meshed well on and off the field in Orlando at all. Uh, I mean, going into the season, you know, we were salivating at the thought of the Clushton, uh, Miriam yeah. duo, and that's just never worked out. I, I just don't think Sasha has ever really looked for him, um, which is weird to me. Maybe, I, I don't know if Sasha's just used to banging it to BWP where he's like, I don't need to look at the wingers. They suck anyway. Um, <laughs> I have, I, I don't, I don't know why it's not working, but it's, it's clearly not. And, um, I mean, Andrew's right. Columbus, you know, with Higuain healthy, Miram Zardes on top, um, you know, 
Pedro Santos at some points, you know, maybe at him dangerous if other people on the field take off the the burden from him because clearly he can't handle it. And then you have Mullins coming off the bench as a you know, for MLS a good backup uh, forward attacking talent. So you know that could get them closer to that uh, top tier of the New York teams in Atlanta. Uh, definitely one of those teams where you could see them uh, upsetting them if their if their defense is solid enough. Then, of course, some people thought it was strange that FC Cincinnati was thrown into this mix uh, since they are still playing in USL. Uh, but everyone should remember, though, that MLS FC Cincinnati and USL FC Cincinnati basically exist simultaneously at this point. So it would be entirely possible for FC Cincinnati version MLS to sign question. Uh, not question. Got me thinking about that way. Sign Merrim as as one of their first their first player and then loan him to another team or down loan him down to USL or something like that. So it's not completely out of left field. But personally, if he doesn't go to FC Cincinnati, I'm not disappointed. His experience would be a great foundation, but I think ultimately that's not the way to go, that being too heavy in the agent experience. You want to balance that with some youth, and I think they need to look at some of that youth first. But uh, – Two interesting deals going on there that do have impact fantasy-wise, one to avoid and one to keep an eye on because it could be profitable uh, in the coming weeks. And I'm just curious to see how bad this deal ends up for Orlando, how many cents on the dollar they're going to have to um, get back to offload. Um, I think what they did, $1.2 for him, something like that. Too much. Yeah, was- Too much, exactly. Yeah, that's people were saying he's about a five or $600,000 player and – and yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be 50 cents on the dollar, easy, um, which is going to be great business by Columbus. <laughs> okay, moving on to our housekeeping section. As already mentioned, want to mention it again since there was a little bit of confusion. Uh, this round 22 is the final round of the spring fantasy season. So you got one more round to try to keep your first place slot. If you're playing in the head-to-heads, feel free to brag because you got a couple weeks off. So uh, one more round all into it before budgets reset, prices reset, teams reset. So ranks reset. Just do one more time before you hit that old, old reset button. Almost there. Home stretch. Home stretch for prizes and everything. Uh, this round starts Wednesday, July 25th at 730. We've got uh, D.C. New York Red Bulls kicking it off as well as Houston, Philadelphia and San Jose versus Seattle. Our double game week teams. This is a pretty good double game week, guys. Uh, DC United, Orlando, Houston, New York Red Bulls, San Jose, New York City FC, Seattle, and LA Galaxy. Of those teams, DC United and San Jose have double home games. And the New York City Red FC, that was a weird word to put the in front of Mike. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> New York City FC has a double away game. Everybody else splits it. So there's a keep that in mind. Also, one team has a buy, and that is the New England Revolution. So if you're looking for your switcheroo players, pick them from New England. They're not going to play. I saw several people make comments on Twitter on Reddit about how they brought in some player that never played, and he came on and played a few minutes, and it ruined their switcheroo. If you've got a buy team, pick those players. Don't chance it. Just pick those players. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, U.S. Open Cup is taking a little break right now, but the Canadian Championship continues. 
On the 25th, on Wednesday, Toronto is playing as host to Ottawa, and they have an MLS game on the 28th right after that. And then Vancouver is hosting Montreal. Then both of those teams go on to have games on the 28th, also both at home, though. So keep an eye on the Canadian teams if you're looking to them for some skill game week options. Uh, speaking of U.S. Open Cup, though, that next game is going to be on the 8th, and that takes place between rounds 23 and 24. So look for potential fatigue, depending on how heavy player teams go in with their players. Uh, normally would have had a, a Patreon plug from Matt right here. Uh, sorry that he couldn't be here, but he's been a longtime Patreon supporter. He was really excited to be on the show, really excited to come back next month when his schedule opens up again for him. Um, if you want to know why he's excited about this, uh, head over to patreon.com and just see the kinds of, of content that we provide to, to our supporters that uh, is pretty unique and pretty fun. And that's what keeps Matt engaged. He's, he's talked about in the past how he's been doing better since he gets involved and just enjoys the community that we built here. So if this seems like something that you would like to look into or get involved with, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I for more details. But now here's Mike with the injury news. Okay. Uh, not too much on the injury news front. Um, I mentioned earlier Higuain missed because he was having back spasms. Um, the uh, the Columbus broadcast made it sound like it's not that serious. I guess we'll find out if it is that serious uh, going into next week. Um, Santi for FC Dallas, uh, he uh, pulled up early with a hamstring injury about the twenty fifth injury twenty uh, fifth minute. Excuse me, uh, he should um, miss some time. Uh, the big injury of the week for double game weeks is that Edwards, the backup keeper who had won the job for Bendick in Orlando, uh, he couldn't continue and had to leave in the 32nd minute. Uh, no timetable for him yet. Um, not an injury, but a suspension. The team suspension is Barco. Um, he was suspended for the match against D.C. and is also suspended uh, this coming week against Montreal. So uh, he won't be available in any of your leagues. Uh, and that's about it. I mean, the only other absences we kind of had this week was Davies, who's getting ready for a trade uh, transfer, possibly to Bayern Munich. Um, you know, it's usual transfer rumor mill of deals being done all the time. I don't know if that'll happen, but uh, obviously Davies um, is a questionable to play. Um, Pecky has a two-game suspension. He'll miss the second game of this week. But that's about it. Um, kind of. If you're curious about the New York City forwards, I've seen them all in training this week, um, so they should be good. Uh, as far as yellow card accumulation warnings, uh, as usual, the MLS page has not updated, and unfortunately, uh, I had a lot of stuff to do at work, so I couldn't update it. Um, I know as of right now, Tim Parker for the Red Bulls is on warning. Um, Alonzo and Delem for Seattle are also on warning. Um, I don't know if, if, if they'll play. Um, and Funamayor and Saren uh, are also uh, on warning. Uh, and unfortunately, I didn't have time to check if any of them picked up a yellow card, which I'll probably do while y'all are talking about the next game. But that's about it. Um, so I'll check back up uh, later this week at MLS Injury News, and I'll let you know who's uh, on yellow card warning uh, whenever they update that. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, anything you want to add, Andrew? Nope, let's go. All right, let's go on. 
Uh, round 22 preview, double game weeks, then single game week teams, because that's how we do it during a big double game week like round 22. Starting out with D.C. United, they kick things off versus New York Red Bulls, and then they stay at home versus Colorado. Um, we were talking about this game before the show started in D.C., and I just made the comment that I wish we had more data about D.C. at home. Good news, currently they are undefeated at home. Bad news, that's just three games. So kind of hard to draw a good sample from that. And there's so far space between these games, so much in between these games, that it's really hard to come up with some solid conclusions. What I do think about DC, and I've mentioned it multiple times on the show, is that they always seem to find a way to score. The bad news is they always seem to find a way to concede. So I don't like DC. They've had one clean sheet all year, I believe. I don't like DC as a keeper option with the double keeper there. Maybe you get lucky and you get some saves and uh, you can get some points that way, but not my favorite pick for that. Defense, you might be able to get some, some bonus points there, so maybe you want to look for a defender. But DC's bread and butter all season has been their midfield. And I think if you want to – get some midfield DC United has some good options for you for the double game week, most likely from the bench. I also think their midfield has a good option with several players going two games, 120 to 180 minutes. My favorites are Assad and Stiber. Uh, of those two, I'd probably lean more towards Stiber if you want to have one player just because of how he's involved in uh, a lot of the buildup and a lot of the production. I don't like Acosta and Ariola as much because they kind of they're both right there in the middle kind of go back and forth it's a little bit hard to predict but Assad is always making runs he's leading in points right now so those are two good options I don't like Rooney saying just flat no to Rooney right now because can't even go the full game got 66 minutes out of him last week don't think we'll get much more over a double game week this time and um, I'm just I'm just saying no to him in general so if you're looking for DC picks over both of those games, Red Bulls or Colorado, I think Assad and Stiber are the top two picks, but start them on the bench. Uh, New York Red Bulls, uh, I don't know how this game's going to turn out. I, I could see it maybe being a 2-2 draw at home, um, but but that's I, I don't think they would win. I like the home chance with them, so I'm going to say that's a 2-2 draw. Colorado, though, I think D.C. has a good shot winning that one at home, uh, but they do still concede, so I'm going to call that a 2-1 win for them. Andrew, Orlando versus New York City, then away to LA Galaxy. Uh, don't pick Orlando defenders. They're still not good at defense. Surprise. Um, maybe Yotun or Question might be decent enough options for him there. Um, Dwyer didn't play last week, so um, I'm not sure if that was injury or not. Uh, but I think it was rotation with open cup because he played in the open cup. Brilliant. So he should be good to go for this one. Um, he might be someone I look at as someone who's going to play in both games. So he's, he's definitely an option that I'm considering. I'm not sure if I'll take him or not. Cause there's a lot of good forward options this week. Um, overall versus NYC, meh, maybe a one, one draw and away. Generally I discount away games quite a bit. Uh, even if it is a way to the galaxy. Um, so I'm, I'm not super high on Orlando this week. One, maybe two players from them, but nothing more than that. 
All right. Uh, next we have Houston versus Philadelphia and then at Portland. Mike. Um, I don't love these matchups for Houston, both mostly because these are very defensive minded teams. And so Houston does, isn't able to do that um, sit back and counter, which is really where they shine and really where you see um, them get a lot of fantasy points for their team. Um, I mean, we've seen how good Portland is. I, I don't know what their unbeaten run or at least MLS league unbeaten run is up to now. Um, but they've done it generally being defensively. And while they slipped up, um, this weekend against Montreal. That's also because Char was suspended. Uh, and Portland is a much better team defensively uh, with Char. So I'm not seeing a whole lot of out of that game. Um, I mean, certainly they can have some success against Philadelphia, but I expect Philadelphia to kind of go into that game, uh, especially since Philadelphia kind of rested in the weekend, just to kind of try to go and grind out um, a, a draw. So, I mean, probably, I mean, your usual fantasy players from Houston, you know, you can kind of take a pick on the forward uh, options, whether you want to go Kyoto or Elise, um, and then Martinez in midfield. Um, you know, I don't think Sendero's played this past weekend, but, I mean, every time he plays, he seems to get like a brace. So <laughs> if he plays, maybe go there. Um, cool. But... Yeah, I don't think I don't see a whole lot. I see like a one-one draw and maybe like a two-nothing loss uh, in Houston's future. Uh, I kind of think they're lower than some of the other options, but um, definitely some some people to keep in mind. Andrew, back to you. New York Red Bulls at DC and then versus Columbus. Yeah, I'm playing New York in a uh, Football Manager 2018 group with a bunch of the guys from MLS show league. So I'm getting to know their squad uh, quite well. Um, so obviously Kaku, BWP, Robles, all clutch players that we should all be looking at this week. Good chances that I'll have all three of them in my squad. Um, you've got Sean Davis on the corners. So he's someone that might be a good uh, switcheroo option. Um, this last weekend, I know Long subbed out early, so I don't know if that was rest him to prepare him to play for the full uh, 180 for this one or not, um, but he's someone you might look at for the defenders. Um, against DC, uh, those, those games always seem to be a bit chippy, um, going way back in the rivalry there. Uh, so I, I see a 1-1 draw there. Home versus Columbus, um, I think New York Red Bull – has that one that's going to be like a 3-1 type of game there so definitely get in on uh some of the red bull attackers for sure san jose starts out versus seattle and then versus real salt lake uh, two home games for them uh hard no on san jose if you've not been keeping up with some of the drama over there it seems like the team's in total chaos wando is talking out I think Youngworth had some comments as well. It's 10 games, winless, I believe is what they're at right now. People are frustrated. The ownership seems to be behind the coach, and so does Wando, I believe, as well. But it's it's just chaos there. So I, I'm just straight up no to San Jose players. If you want to take them, then I, I guess you're looking at maybe Godoy and, and Wando and hoping something happens. But I just feel like they're lower – they're just at near the bottom of the totem pole as far as several game week players this round. Um, Seattle has struggled with goals, but you don't know what you're going to get with San Jose and RSL struggled on the road. But I just, I just don't know 
what to expect. And so for me, that's a big turnoff to any player for any team with fantasy. So hard no, no picks, no score prediction, just no. <laughs> Maybe that's hard. Let, let's be very specific on that. Like both Youngworth and um, Wondolowski have come out and basically said, our roster is terrible. <laughs> I mean, <That's> unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of well, wrong. <laughs> well, Wanda was say, right. No, no, I get you. No, that things that shouldn't be said in public. I think Wanda was trying to defend it a little bit by saying, "Coach comes in, didn't pick any of the players. You got five players that all play the same thing. You don't have much of a budget. What do you expect is going to happen?" But I mean, people are right. Where it's just like you say, "We're working out some problems. We're doing our thing. Hoping to come back. Thanks for being our fans." Um, but yeah, it's chaos, and I don't want any part of it. Okay, Mike, let's uh, go to something a little bit more pleasant. New York City FC at Orlando and then at LA Galaxy. Double away game here. Does that worry you? Um, well, first of all, it should be at Orlando and at uh, Seattle. We're not playing the Galaxy again. Oh, crap. <laughs> Shoot, I just realized. <laughs> Shoot, you uh, just realized. I, I just realized. That he, that's what it said. Um there. But yeah, this no, is an wrong one on the list. Yeah, but, but you, the Seattle one is right. So Seattle um, one is right. Yeah, the LA Galaxy one is wrong. The LA Galaxy one is wrong. Yes. But um, anyway, New York City. Um, this is a kind of an awful week for New York City. I mean, they had the bye week, which kind of helps somewhat, but they play on a Thursday night, which is weird. But I mean, they have to travel from New York all the way to Orlando. So that's across the country one way. Then they get to cross the country the other way to go play uh, in Seattle. Um, that's a lot of travel. Uh, and while normally I would say New York City could have some success against both of these teams with the, the troubles that they've had this week, I don't love it. You've also had all of their forwards, even though they've trained, they're still coming off of injuries. How much does Dome trust them to go um, on short and rest on Seattle's turf? I'm not really sure. Especially for via in ring, you know, players I think we would look at for a double game scenario. Usually, they also have the All Star game uh, midweek on turf right after that. So I don't love New York City players just because the schedule is really brutal. That said, I could see you kind of taking a flyer as a differential. Um, like Andrew said, Orlando's defense is really bad. Um, kind of a player I'm really interested in if you kind of want to go differential defense because I know defense is really tough this week with both of the two uh, home teams um, being terrible is Ben Sweat. Uh, if you pay attention to any Orlando fan, they will complain about having an off about them needing a right back desperately. So Ben Sweat plays on the left side. I think that's going to allow him to have a lot of crosses, a lot of opportunities. I can see him getting a lot of points um, there in that game against Orlando. Um, for New York City, obviously, I think most of your points are going to come in that first game. They'll be rested. Orlando had Open Cup last week. They've been trying to rotate players out. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a great situation for them. So fantasy-wise, most of your points are going to come with the first point. Uh, I, I can see this as a 2-1 win for New York City at Orlando and then like a 1-1 draw at best against Seattle. In all honesty, it's probably going to be just one of those Western Conference losses. But, you know, I mean, maybe something else. But fantasy-wise, this is probably one of your differential picks. I, I can't see expecting a whole lot out of New York City with that schedule. 
Hey, Andrew, a lot of talk about Seattle. Now let's get your take on your team. Uh, they start out the week at San Jose and then uh, host New York City FC. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, I am big in on Seattle this week. Uh, San Jose is garbage, as we've covered. New York City, good chance they rotate quite a bit in that Seattle game since it's a cross-country game, on turf, um, interconference. So good good chance that NYC rotates a bit, I, I assume. Um, so Fry, definitely a good keeper choice. Um, you can go with Kim or Marshall. Um, they're both potential rotation risks. With Torres back, uh, he might end up stealing one game from both of them. So Torres might actually end up being the one center back that gets both games. Who knows? Um, Ladero, he's a good captain choice this week. Um, if you're looking for a high-risk reward that's a bit of an unknown at this point, Rui Diaz, he's here. He's subbed in. Um, I didn't get the chance to watch the game yet, but uh, I, I hear he was active and, and was going. Um, so he's someone that maybe a lot of people don't really have a good read on yet, that maybe you take a flyer on him if you need to catch – people in front of you make up some ground like me. Um, he's someone that I might just go and throw caution to the wind. Um, I say 2-1 win over San Jose and 2-0 win over NYC. Oh, all right. And then finally, we have LA Galaxy that starts out away for uh, the Derby up there in Los Angeles. That's what the away at LAFC. And then they are back at home hosting – Orlando. Uh, I think having a, a couple of LA players, LA Galaxy players, your team this week is a pretty good option. I think Allison Drini and, and Zlatan are, are good choices. And um, I they're definitely going to be there. I mean, all hands on deck against LAFC. That's, that's what's going to happen. That's going to be a big game. Um, crazy things could happen. So I think a lot of good points have a good opportunity there. And then Orlando, as we covered, struggles. And I think there'll be some more opportunities for uh, the LA Galaxy defense, or not defense, for the LA Galaxy offense in that game as well. So at least a couple of those players I think would be good options for your fantasy team. Defense-wise, uh, no. LA Galaxy is still not a great defensive team, so I, I don't like anybody on the defense right there. Stick with the offense main targets, looking at Alessandrini and Zlatan. Uh, that's it for the double game week teams that we have here. Now moving on to the single game week teams. Guys, this is just a free-for-all for you. Is there anybody else out there that you're considering for the single game week? We've got Philly away, LAFC at home, Colorado away, Montreal at home, Atlanta at home, Columbus away, Toronto at home, Chicago away, Sporting Kansas City at home, Dallas away, Portland at home, RSL away. Floor is yours. N-O, no. Woo! And oh no, not even Atlanta at home. Nope, single game. Atlanta's not at home. They're not at home. I mean, schedule uh, fantasy has them at Montreal on the road. Okay. <laughs> That's what happened. This is what happens when you make the rundown during lunch and you try to do it quick and you put Atlanta at home, but they're not at home. So, scratch. I mean, you're just like everyone else in MLS, just giving Atlanta all the advantages. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's what it is. <laughs> Look, I, I got to try to get back in Orlando fans' good graces somehow. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. It's okay. It's all good. 
it happens. But no, oh. still straight up no. So a full roster of double game week players this week for both of you guys, right? Yep. All right. Well, yeah, pretty let's... much. I mean, because also, I mean, the Canadian teams have Canadian Cup in the middle. Right. So, I mean, that's two. I mean, I, I'm expecting Toronto's probably going to put up backups again. Um, so, I mean, if you have like a – if you need to bring in a forward um, and Josie doesn't play midweek, I would consider bringing in Josie Altidore. Um, I think that would be a good um, kind of differential pick. Uh, otherwise, yeah. So, I mean, LAFC um, is pretty gassed, so I, I would cross them out even though they're at home. Um, that might be a, more of an interesting um, show league kind of pick. But uh, as far as uh, FMLS, I wouldn't go there. Can I just point out that it's the Voyager Cup and not the Canadian Cup? Uh, you, you can. You can. Canadian Cup. All right. Reed, Reed said it earlier. I don't want our friends in Canada to come, you know, burn everything down down here. So, but at Andrew, at Mike that Tiger, uh, it's not actually at Andrew. That'd be funny just to do someone to, to <laughs> surprise. That would be that would be great. <laughs> you know what? You should all do it anyways. At Andrew, that's right. Uh, okay, so full roster potentially of double game week players. Let's hear what they are. Andrew, who are your keeper picks? Robles, Fry, one of the two. Not sure which yet. Mike. Uh, Robles, I don't believe uh, too much in DC. Um, and I mean, that Red Bulls at home is pretty much one of the best clean sheet shouts you have all year. All right. Let's do Defenders. Mike. Um, let's see. I have Kihi and uh, Lawrence um, as the starters. And then I have Sweat and Watts as the defense, defense, defensive auto ruse. Andrew. I've got Kim Kihi, Brilliant, and Fun Mayor. Mike, your or uh, Andrew, your midfield. I've got Ladero and Kaku for sure. Um, probably gonna go with Stiber. And just as a hopefully bit of a differential, um, I'm going with Danny Houston from San Jose. Oh. You're uh, rolling the dice. I am. I have to at this point. It's the only way that I can make up the ground I need to. Valid, Mike. Uh, yeah, I have Ladero and Kaku as well. Um, I pair him with, um, or pair them with Yoshi Yotun and uh, Alessandrini, and then I also have uh, Hosen on the bench just to try to. Um, I don't have him in an Otteru at the moment, but I'll explain that in the next section. Okay, forwards, Andrew. I've got BWP, Kyoto, and Zlatan. Mike. I have BWP, Zlatan, and as of right now, I have Wayne Rooney. Um, and this is going to be a weird one, but if he starts in the game against the Red Bulls, I'm going to drop him. Um, and whereas if I see him on the bench, I might keep him. That is super weird. Well, the, the, the reasoning is this, because if he... If he's on the bench of the Red Bulls, then he'll start against Colorado and he'll be successful. If he plays against uh, for, against the Red Bulls, he's gonna get he's gonna do what he did against Atlanta, which is just turn the ball over. And if he start if he plays against the Red Bulls, I'm switching my captain pick to a Red Bull player. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, Mike getting some some meta right there for how he's gonna be maybe not meta, just some some micro right there for how he's going to manage his, his team. Uh, well, let's talk captains. Andrew, you gave an early hint at your pick. Um, it's, oof, 
I'm I'm not sure. Ladero or Kaku, one of the two, most likely. Okay, Mike. I have Zlatan. Oh. I mean, because LAFC is gassed and Orlando's gassed. I mean, they're like they are getting in two games. I mean, even though they're not home, they're playing both games in uh, the county of Los Angeles, and they're playing two teams who had Open Cup week the week before. Um, and neither of those teams look good. If, I'm sorry, LFC's defense. If you drop five to Minnesota, I don't care how good Quintero is, your defense is having trouble. So, and we all know how bad Orlando's defense is. So, I really like LA Galaxy this week offensively. If yeah. I could have had like Ola Kamara, I might do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Clean sheet, Mike. Um I'll just be honest, no one. I mean maybe Seattle. I, I don't think this is a great clean week sheet. I, I think all of them the only two teams um double game weeks out of two teams uh, two games at home, they're all they're both terrible. So I don't think you're getting a whole lot of great clean sheet shots this week. Totally viable choice. Andrew? Um, I like D.C. versus Colorado, mostly because Colorado sucks. Um, aside from that, Seattle versus NYC, assuming NYC rotates a bunch of people. Uh, beyond that, phew, who knows? So a rough defender clean sheet opportunity for this week. And, I mean, maybe Red Bulls against D.C., you know. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Okay. Well, thank you so much, guys, for those game breakdowns and player recommendations. Uh, you guys, everyone else listening can look for the chalkboard being posted. I'll have my picks as well as Andrew's and Mike's this week. And maybe we'll see if we can scrounge up somebody else to, uh, to send some picks in there. Maybe try to get in touch with Blaine or, or reach out to somebody else and, uh, and see if we can get on there for a fourth option for everybody. Housekeeping, uh, no league news coming up. Uh, everything... Well, I guess I'll go ahead and announce who won. Okay. I was a, <laughs> it was a pretty close game, I have to say, for uh, for the leagues in the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Invitational. But uh, at the end of the day, Older Goaler lost to Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First. One, or sorry, Fantasy Football 24-7 now. Uh, 134 to 152. So uh, well done, Ivan. Well done. You did not get first in our league, but you did survive the playoff, which is how things work here in America. Congrats. Uh, otherwise, no head-to-head -head games next week, so you get a breather right there before everything will reset in that next round, including your head-to-head -head, uh, ranking. So fun times. Should be uh, interesting to build up and get your rivalries going anew. That's all that we have for the show tonight, so let's wrap things up with our plugs. Andrew. MLS Show League. If you are looking to get into the next season, we're still a couple weeks away, but we are always looking for some uh, high-quality, dedicated people to get into this super competitive league that supplements MLS fantasy quite well. Um, all three of us are still in it, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I always start out really strong and then kind of just stay average and just drop down as other people seem to have just boom and bust week or boom weeks and I always have bust weeks. Hey, maybe <laughs> this maybe this season's your season. I'm I'm seem like I'm a perennial playoff player is what happens. So there you go. You're doing it this year, Reed. Come That's up right. and join yeah. the big boys. I get it promoted to the to the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Uh 
Probably just the usual at MLS injury news. I, I can always use people um, helping out and pointing stuff out. Uh, really helps me out a lot. So do that, and I appreciate it. And, of course, you can catch everything I have over at MLSFantasyBoss.com with our charts and player recommendations based on XG, I guess team recommendations based on XG numbers as well as captain picks. And then I have my player recommendation articles over at MLSSoccer.com in the fantasy section. Uh, next week, I'm going to be doing some special articles for the transition, so keep an eye out for those. It'll be it'll be fun times next week. But yeah, and also head over to Reddit.com with r slash fantasy MLS to join that awesome community for talking about player recommendations and posting resources and, and just great great questions and the Q and A thread for for this podcast as well. And then, of course, don't forget the live chat over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Lots of great things right there. So keep in touch and see how well you can do coming up in the fall 2018 season. Good luck. <laughs>